Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Raider and the Saint. I am your host, Stephen G. Gaxiola. Unfortunately, we had technical difficulties with the recording, so I put together for you highlights and clips from the podcast. We will reschedule as soon as possible. Thanks once again to Shayla and Stephanie from Just Fuck It Podcast. I look forward to getting both of you in the studio. I want to wish you well on your journey of becoming podcasters. God bless. I'm going to get right to it. I got a guest in here, two guests. One of is VI Skype. They are from the Just Fuck It podcast. I got Shayla, if I said that correctly. I apologize yeah. if I did it. Um, all right, cool. I got Shayla on VI Skype. She lives in Oakland. And then I have her partner in crime here, Stephanie, in the studio. We've had some technical difficulties, but we're going to work on it and we're going to get through this podcast. But I'm excited to have not just one, but two women on the podcast. <laughs> this is episode 27, and it's the first time I've had of the other species on the podcast. So I'm excited. <laughs> I know people have been wanting to have women. Hey, when are you going to get a girl on? Trust me, I've been trying, but people get shy when it comes to a mic in their face and getting to record. So I'm excited to have them here. We're, we got some things to talk about, so I'm going to get to it. Shayla and Stephanie, welcome to the podcast. Mm -hmm. What's going on? Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Since Steph and I are really new to podcasting, this is really going to be a good experience for us, being on your podcast and learning yeah, about everybody. Yeah, we're both so excited to be here, and we're ready to go. Tell the listeners from around the world what made you girls want to start a podcast. Uh, I think we were in London. And uh, yeah. we were having this really interesting conversation. <laughs> and actually, I felt very, very uncomfortable because Shayla was telling me that she was getting racially and gender profiled. I was in Rome. It's my first time traveling out of the country. Uh, I was with some other friends. Uh, so me and my friends were uh, at the train station in Rome. And I wanted to go to the, the Victoria's Secret retail store there with my friend. And my friend wanted to pick up some items. So uh, as my uh, friend who was, uh, she's Filipino. So while she was looking for uh, some fragrance or something, I noticed that the security guard was staring at me, like literally eyeing me, <laughs> giving me death stares. I was like, why was he staring at me like that? And so he started to make me super uncomfortable. And then I realized he probably thought, that I was maybe going to steal. I don't know. But, you know, you can feel those things. So he was following me around the store. And so I confronted him. I'm like, you're making me uncomfortable. Why are you following me around the store? And um, he immediately said, you know, I don't, you know, I don't speak English with perfect, clear English. And so, <laughs> you know, it made me super uncomfortable. So I told um uh, you know, the sales clerk at the store, and they didn't really understand what I said, what I was saying. So it was like 
one of those really uncomfortable situations. And so when I met up with Steph and her other friend, Kate, uh, in London, I told Steph about it. <laughs> and that's where things got interesting because I didn't feel like Steph believed me. She, I think she just didn't understand or she just thought it was in my head. So that's where the conversation started. Yeah. So I just thought um, I'm trying to look at it in a different perspective because you always hear Americans come back and say, Europeans are so rude. And then you speak to a European and it's just cultural. So I was trying to look at it through a cultural lens, but it kind of backfired on me because she is my friend and she is uh, African-American. So you should, I should have thought about that before I thought about random strangers. So it made it really uncomfortable for both of us. And I kind of shied away at the whole conversation. So she got upset and she's like, why are you being uncomfortable? We should be talking about race and things that make us feel uncomfortable. So about a year later, I apologize at my birthday party, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> because I yeah. thought about how ignorant I sounded. Are you drunk already? Beyond. <laughs> 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 so I apologize and we talked about it. And then we spoke about um, just how things like this make us feel uncomfortable being both uh-huh. of us being women of color coming from different backgrounds and we thought just fuck it like we need to just talk about these things and make Mm -hmm. ourselves and other people feel uncomfortable and create a community that we can talk about these things and decide when is it right when is it wrong when is it okay to talk about these things and feel safe yeah like a safe space speaking of safe spaces what do you girls think about the gym do you feel safe or not for instance, I was at the gym months ago when we were allowed to, and I was doing a workout. And this guy, I'm sure many women could relate, he just came up to me and was like, hey, you're doing that wrong. This is the way to do it. I used to be a trainer. And I got so irritated and offended. And I said, okay, maybe I'm doing it wrong, but I do my own research. And I don't tell you how to swim or do other things that I know I'm better at than you. So I and they always say, I don't want you to hurt yourself. Well, like, let me fucking hurt myself. Sleep yeah. alone. Let like, me do we my can handle it. So you girls don't mind if a guy at the gym comes up to you and wants to speak with you? Sometimes. Sometimes it's okay. But I think men should just deal with themselves. And, like, if you're feeling a certain way, then, okay, talk to me and say, hey, I'm here to talk to you about whatever I want to ask you out, but not making it an excuse. Like you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Let me help you. Let me fix you. Yeah. Yeah. Let me fix you. There's something to be said with like self-motivating yourself. I think it's really hard to do because sometimes I'll have like a whole list like, Oh, today I'm going to do this hit drill and then come to find it's like four o'clock and I'm like, man, I'll just take a shower or read a book. So Shayla, What's going on over there in Oakland with this COVID and everything? Question. Well, um, I originally work in marketing, um, but right now I'm really focusing on, you know, going to grad school. So I'm doing all the applications and stuff for that. Um, I'm also been working with Steph, uh, getting the podcast together. Um, I've been juicing. I got a new juicer. (laughs) Um, I'm excited about that. Um, what else do I do? I, you know, I help my dad sometimes, you know, during this hard time. I help him with groceries and stuff like that. So I'm doing a little bit of everything. I feel like I'm super busy, even though I'm always at home um, doing things. So that's kind of what I've been up to. So how did you ladies meet? 
Ooh, oh, good uh, question. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's say what, 15 years ago, 15 years ago, we were in college, our first year of college. And I went to San Jose uh-huh. State. Um, yep. I had no friends. As soon as my family left me, I went in the closet and cried like most people do oh. when they get dropped off from college. <laughs> Yeah, my and roommate, for me, I mean, go ahead. Oh, my roommate, she was she was okay. We just didn't have that click. And so next thing I know, I opened the door and she lives across from me in the dorms. I don't know why we, we just started talking. I can't remember. Talk a little bit more about your college experience from growing up here in Southern California and going to college up north in San Jose. Culture shock. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was a culture <laughs> shock because here... Unfortunately, I'm sure there too, but not as much. Um, people segregate themselves. You go to Santa Ana, everybody's Latino. You go to Garden Grove, everybody's Asian. You go to LA, there's more blacks there. You know, you go, mm-hmm. you know how it is. But in NorCal, I feel like it's definitely more diverse. Like I had a neighbor who was Jewish, and then the other one was Salvadorian. My roommate was Chinese. You know, Shayla's black. It it was very diverse. I don't know if it was just because we were mixed that way in college, but when we would go out, it seemed that way too. Some people say college is a waste of time. I feel indifferent about that um, because I did learn a lot academically. Uh, I'm still in school. But also, I feel like I learned a lot of life skills over anything. Uh, Just Mm -hmm. being independent. Being independent, being accepting of people. And maybe I did learn to be a lot more liberal than what my family would like me to be. But I don't care. That's that's a good thing because I learned to even accept people who are more conservative. So what about you, Shayla? How was your college experience? College, like, opened my eyes to a whole different world. I don't feel like I would be the person I am without college. I've learned how to be independent. I've learned how to get through life and uh, be with other races, religions. I've learned how to be open. So I learned so many skills in college. Like I wouldn't take that away for anything. So yeah, I kind of agree with both of both of what you guys said. So for me, I felt high school didn't prepare me for college. Add to what you're saying, it really made me realize how shitty like the high school I went to was. I went to school. And I'm not gonna say exactly where, but it was in Anaheim <laughs> Union. And I was not prepared at all. And I was one of the top, like, honor students. I was doing really well. Oh, I struggled. I was actually in remedial math and English. Close. I'll say close. Very close. Um, But it just, I was not prepared. And it just says a lot about Title I schools. And it goes back to talking about how university and colleges have a lot to do with income and where you come from. Because if you come from Mm -hmm. a higher income uh, community, then you're going to be better prepared. If you come from a better district, then you know, and your school is going to prepare you to go to college and so forth. And it just goes back to incomes. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you're able to have a job where you can stay at home and work, then you're going to be able to help your kid a bit more than if you're like, hey, here's the computer, I'm going to go to work. You know, they're not going to do as well. And even if you can't even speak the language, you're gonna, the child's gonna suffer. What do you girls think about college athletes starting to get paid soon? I think back um, to when we were in school and there were these guys who sat behind us in a class we took together. Mm-hmm. They played football. They were never there. And anytime <laughs> they would be there, it was a huge thing. Like everybody would cheer them on. And we didn't even go to a school that like football was well known. It was just whatever. I think about them and how their school was paid and how we were stuck in debt for the rest of our lives. Yeah. 
and, and it's it's bothersome like just because we don't play a professional sport semi-professional-ish sport it's not fair to us and then it makes me think about Shay was telling me about her brother um mm-hmm. who is in a uh, school right now and how somebody is suing the school because they're not getting the uh, education that they normally get my brother uh goes to un- university in new jersey and of course um since the uh covid19 they get to finish out their semester online I believe one of the students sued his sued the university because he feels that he's not getting the quality of education um, online versus in person because I guess he's a film major and his his argument is pretty much like hey you know why am I paying all this money to be um, to be having um, my program online you know like. I'm a film student. I'm just not learning the same way I would in person. I need a discount. And of course the school, I think is pushing back. I'm not hundred percent sure, but like, it's a big thing right now. So are kids going to get a refund? Are they not? Who knows? I honestly think, or maybe I read this somewhere, like we're, we're literally going into debt um, over this. Um, all these Americans that are um, getting unemployment, um, the stimulus checks, like those are pretty much putting America in debt. Of course you have to do it, but that's where the money's coming from. I guess we're essentially paying it. We don't have the money. What is the solution? It's such hard times. And if we look back a hundred years, they did similar things. Uh, they gave out food stamps and they gave these things out, but, um, <laughs> but there was no real solution because they got, went into debt as well. May 22nd, <laughs> our first episode comes out, by the way. <laughs> Let's hope we stick to that date. <laughs> yeah, no shameless plug. thing you say you took time off. Uh, I met this woman who happened to be, I believe she was Hindu. Hindu, I'm sorry if I'm saying that incorrectly. But she was talking to me about how the way people travel and the way people take vacations. It's so like, hey, I went to this place and I took a picture of this American oh, God. And then the next American will be like, hey, I went there, too, and I took a picture. Here's my picture. What'd you do? Oh, I went on a bus with a bunch of other Americans and just uh, talked to them. Like, you get no culture and you learn nothing about your soul. And for you to take time like that, like, you decided this is for my soul, as cheesy as that sounds, like, those things are important. And I think in these times that we have time or forced to sit and reflect, we are just forced to sit in our own thoughts and our own soul and say, hey, this fulfills me. This doesn't, this pays the bills, but I also need something to fulfill me outside of that. So that's good that you took the time to do yeah, that stuff. Well, it's huge. I don't want to stereotype any genders, but I yeah. agree a little bit with that. I agree, sure. just judging by uh, circumstances and life experiences, but I don't want to gender stereotype either. Um, I feel like I've met people who are half my age or in their early 20s and they have so much life experience and I'm like wow you're so much more mature so sometimes it's just life experience versus age well I guess ever since I was a kid I've always loved the water Uh, I was in swim lessons as a small kid I swam competitively I was a lifeguard and then the ocean it's just such a scary place you're right Um, but it humbles me So I am a very anxious and stressed out person. Like I like to have a lot to do. And when I'm in the water, I don't care about those things. I'm just in the water. I love the sun. Everything's great. Um, 
the people I surf with make it more enjoyable. And you're just mm -hmm. in the moment. That's the thing about surfing. When I'm swimming, I have a lot on my mind. And I'm just looking at that stoop line at the bottom of the pool and thinking about whatever I did throughout the day. If I'm dancing, I'm mm -hmm. thinking, well, that's different. I'm thinking about the audience. But surfing you're just in it going on hiking going on hikes walking on trails is a good stress reliever like I always feel really good when I'm out in nature and being a city girl like I didn't realize this until I was an adult right so I like to go hiking um there was a time when I, every weekend I would find like a new hiking spot and just explore it by myself uh no phones no music no nothing just hearing nature and I love hiking by the beach I love finding new spots to explore. So that's something that actually is really good stress labor for me. Have you ever heard of, um, I'm not, I can't be familiar with the author, but they spoke about getting your feet either on grass or ocean and it does something to you. It brings you back. It makes you feel grounded. I'm going straight to the beach and hanging out in the ocean as long as possible. No, I try to do that. You, you, <laughs> once you get out, you got to get out. Uh, I lived in Huntington Beach these last three years and seeing all those protests really turned me off um, and I just wanted to take a break from that because I didn't want to participate in that. Uh, for me, the probably the first thing I'll do once I feel like it's safe is go see my family. Like I, I'm, I'm distancing myself from them, you know, on purpose, especially people in my family who have health issues. So once it's safe and I feel like it's it's safe. I want to see my family. I want to see my cousins. You know, recently, you know, I'm I'm into Twitter. I'm always following things on Twitter. And so for me, like the hardest thing, hearing things online is, you know, about the Ahmaud Arbery issue, the young African-American boy who was uh, shot in Georgia while jogging. I don't know. That was like the hardest thing I've been hearing about. And um there were two. There was a father and a son who who um accused him of rob of robbery and kind of followed him down the road and shot him down. And I think they weren't arrested for at least like two months. So that's like one of those things that's hard to hear right now. I don't know. What do you think? Steph? It's hard to talk about things like that because uh -huh. they're just so uncomfortable. But they are so necessary to talk about. I don't understand how those things can even happen. Yeah. So I just, I, I want to hear from other people's perspective. Like what, why would you just do that out of the blue? Why don't you yeah. just ask questions? What are we missing here? There has to be a narrative. I don't know both sides mm -hmm. that has to be told. Of course you need both sides. It, it just doesn't make any sense. And of course I don't mm -hmm. have all the details. The story is still unfolding, but like, right. you know, always in the back of my mind, I, I'm thinking about these things when I leave the house. I go in my neighborhood all the time on a walk or a jog. So yeah, um, whatever the issues are, you like, you know, sometimes I get scared to go outside, you know, it's always in the back of my head. So that's right. really something to think about in these times. That is scary. So, yeah. And it kind of brings me back. I mean, this is not as big of an issue. We're talking about how there's racism and colorism within cultures. Mm -hmm. So my grandmother, my grandmother was Mexican and she would give me this cream and be like, oh, you're too dark here. Put this cream on. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. and, that hurts my heart. Oh my God, I that. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't know my other grandma, but I'm sure they thought the same way. I mean, both cultures 
it's a big deal to be lighter skin because you're not seen as a working class. It just goes back to what you're saying that you lose a certain aspect of communication and relationship with social media because we wouldn't have this if it was just through IG, Messenger, whatever. But it's different. You don't know the tone. Yeah. They could totally yeah. be nice or mad. Yeah. You don't know. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I get you. Or it just gets awkward and you're like, uh, just kidding. Yeah. And once you say that, it's not funny. I think about myself and if I'm upset with a person, how my feelings are is going to be projected how I read their tone. So it's not really them. It's me thinking what they would say to me. And normally it's negative. (laughs) Yeah, but you can listen to us on Spotify and apps. One of the biggest thing we want um, out of this podcast is to build a community and talk to whoever via Instagram, emails, whatever it may be, and mm-hmm. hear other people's perspectives and just kind of create a safe place so we can do what we did here. Oh, you're good. Thank you so much, Steve. Steven. <clears throat>